Father, just uh, <clears throat> so many different things to be praying about right now, God. And uh, I thank you that we can gather here together. And I thank you for those who are watching online as well. Oh, God, that you would um, um, connect us together uh even though we may not be physically together, Lord, we're still one church, we're still one body. Lord, um, lifting up uh, Miss Yvonne to you and praying in agreement, O oh God, that you would touch her body and bring healing. Uh, we thank you for modern medicine and we thank you for your, the power of your Holy Spirit as well that can do amazing, exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond things. Um, Lord, praying for a young man, Daniel, that um, uh, uh, Danny, who uh, had a, a quad accident and just needs a, a touch of grace. Lord, praying for our city and uh, <clears throat> the, um, um, the, the spike in the, in the COVID virus, Lord, we pray that you would protect your people, you'd be a shield about them, Lord, and for those that might have it, God, that you would bring healing to them, Lord. It's, we, we pray for the miraculous to be done, and um, God, we look to you for all of these things because you are more than able Father, now as we, having, having worshipped you and we continue in that attitude of praise and worship and we open up your word this morning and pray, God, that you would speak to us in a, in, a, in a powerful way, Lord. We need to hear from you this morning, God, so our hearts and our minds are open to receive what you have. I, I already know, Lord, that I have nothing of any value to say, but you do. And so speak by your spirit and give us ears to hear whatever it is you want to say. We say yes to in advance. Um, in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. All right, cool. <clears throat> Give someone an elbow or however you want to greet your neighbor. <clears throat> the uh, message this morning is Lord of heaven and earth. Lord of heaven and earth. I want to read a text message that I got last night at, at, six, at 5.50 in the evening. And it says, having chest pain, going to the hospital right now, pray. More on that later. You ever get a text like that where it's like, whoa, totally unexpected. We're in... Joshua chapter 10. British Prime Minister from 1937 to 1940 signed what's called a policy of appeasement with Adolf Hitler. It was signed at the, at the Munich Agreement in 1938. And they gave up a portion of Czechoslovakia because Hitler promised that that would be all that he would do. And Neville Chamberlain came back to Britain and was so happy that he had signed a peace accord with Hitler. It was one year later in 1939 that Hitler declared war against Britain. And we know how that story went. I wrote this down. 
when you make a deal with the enemy, expect that it will cost you something later. It always does. When you make a deal with the enemy, expect that it will cost you something later because it always does. Adam and Eve made a deal with the devil. They chose to believe what he said was true versus what God said is true, and here we are today. In 2 Kings chapter 20, a king named King Hezekiah was sick. So the king of Babylon sent a gift with a delegation. Hezekiah was so impressed by that, he invited the king's delegation into his house and showed them all of his treasury. He was giving a tour, but the king of Babylon was taking inventory. Because it wasn't too long later, they came back and took, took everything and took Judah captive. Judas, in one sense, made a deal with the devil and he betrayed the Son of Man and it cost him his life. In the end times, people will take a mark so that they can buy and sell. They'll make a deal with the devil and the Bible says that anyone who takes that mark, there is no salvation for them. Nothing. There's no, there's no hope of salvation. It's not possible. Satan made a deal or tried to make a deal with Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, and Jesus, of course, refused and under incredibly difficult circumstances proved beyond a shadow of doubt that he is the Son of Man and the Son of God. Can you say amen to that? We are so thankful that our God overcame sin and temptation and proved that He is the sinless one from God. Now, that's why the Bible tells us that we have to be separate from the world. We're not to, we're not to make a deal with the, with, with the devil. We're not to make a deal with, uh, uh, the, it says, not, not to be unequally yoked. And, and that doesn't mean we don't deal with the world or those in the world. It's just that when it comes to intimate relationships, when it comes to to, to fellowship in a, in a, in a deep sense, uh, we have to be careful because we're called out of the world and we're not to be a part of the world uh, because the tendency so often happens is that rather than us trying to make an influence and, and, and we're called to be influencers, we're called to be catalysts and not sponges, but sometimes we get caught up and we get drawn in and we end up acting like the world in an attempt to reach people who don't know Jesus and they wonder, why are you acting just like me when you're supposed to be different? I don't know if you've ever had anyone say that to me, but I have, and it was highly embarrassing and very humbling. This was not just a piece of humble pie, it was the whole pie. When a man said to me, I thought you were a Christian. I can't believe you just said that. And I went, oh, my God. Ah. (laughs) Now, I know that hasn't happened to anyone here, but I'm sure second service I'll be getting amens. And I can see online, what's up, Hope House? No, I didn't forget about you. I see you. You know, got to give the fellas a shout out. Let me go back just a little bit so we can go forward. Last week, we we introduced you to the Gibeonites in in, uh, 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 Joshua chapter 9. Uh, they had heard that, that, that uh, uh, Israel was de- had defeated the kings on the other side of the Jordan. They had heard uh, what happened at, at, at uh, Ai um, and Jericho. And, and so, so um, uh, they want to they wanna make a deal with Israel. Uh, now, in chapter 10, uh, 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 verse 2, it tells us this, that Gibeon was a great city. 
And it says that it was greater than Ai and all of its men were mighty. And, and you know, reading chapter 9, you don't get that context. And then chapter 10 tells us that these were a fearsome, warlike people. And, and so in spite of that, they knew that they were no match for the God of Israel. And so they lied about who they were and they lied about where they were from in order to deceive Israel's leaders and to enter into a covenant with them. And I wrote this down, Satan always hides his true identity when he comes to deceive us. Satan always hides his true identity when he comes to deceive us. And he is a liar and the father of lies who wants to steal our identity and Velcro a false identity to us or get us or Velcro us into a relationship or an agreement with someone who's not like-minded like we are and that causes all kinds of problems. Can you say amen to that? You know that it does. It does. So, it worked. And the Bible tells us they didn't consult the Lord and they entered into a covenant with them and now they're legally bound. Um, and they find out later that they lived about 25 miles away from where they, were, where they were stationed and that the Gibeonites were actually one of the cities that they were supposed to destroy, but now they can't do that because they've entered into covenant with them and there's no going back on that because covenant also means this. It means um, basically your people are my people and my people are your people. We are different. Uh, you know, Israel may have said, we hate you. We don't even like you. I can't believe we did this, but, but now we're family. <laughs> now, Thanksgiving is coming up. Don't be having nobody in mind that, uh, you know, you know, fa- you know how family is, right? Oh, you know, Cousin Ray Ray's coming. Oh, my gosh. You know, here we go. You know, does he have to come? Yes, he does. Come on. We're family. <laughs> okay. We're family. You don't get to pick your family. I know some of us wish we could. We'd be like, uh, can I opt out of this? No, your family, right? <laughs> there are one people, there's no going back. Well, word gets around to some of the other kings in the area. Um, and word gets around fast. There's a king whose name is Adonai Zedek or Zedek, Adonai Zedek. And his name means the king of righteousness. <laughs> he's not the king of righteousness. I'm not sure how he got that name. Uh, and he's the king of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem means the city of peace. Uh, one scholar said that from, the time of, from this time of Joshua to today, there have been 28 sieges or wars in or against Jerusalem. That from 70 A.D., to today, there have been nine sieges, and that doesn't include the constant battles that they have with rockets being lobbed their direction on a regular basis. It will be the headquarters of the Antichrist, and it will be the headquarters of Jesus when he comes and reigns and rules. So Jerusalem has, been, has not been the city of peace. Uh, when you look at it from a historical standpoint. But one day, it will be. Well, these Adonai Zedek uh, calls four other kings to come with him in a 
evil coalition to attack the Gibeonites because they were once with us, now they are not with us, and we need to join our forces and destroy these people because they dare to come into alliance and make a covenant uh, agreement with Israel. I wrote this down here. It's a faith point for you. By the way, all my notes are on the YouVersion app that align with Christ and his enemies will align against you. They will. They'll group up against you. You may have found that before you became a follower of Jesus, you didn't quite have enemies or people. You, you, you were treated nicely or, or you became a follower of Christ and all of a sudden people stopped calling you or they stopped coming around or they started to talk about you. You know, you walk into the lunchroom and all of a sudden the conversation stops. You're like, what? What, man? Like, oh, no, no. And you find yourself sometimes that the enemy starts to align against you. Faith point number two is that if if the enemy cannot get you with deception, he'll unite and multiply his forces and attack again. Even when Jesus was tempted, it says that the devil left him for a more opportune time. And those times would come. Well, verse 5 of chapter 10 highlights the names of these kings and how they camped before Gibeon and made war against it. And then... Chapter 10, verse 6 says this, And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly. Save us and help us from all uh, of the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains. They have gathered against us. So they they fire out a a SOS. We We need help. Now, now, did we not say, or does chapter 10, verse 2 not say, that there was a great city and that they were mighty men? You know what I got out of this? They they are. But they're humble enough to call out to Joshua, which means Yahweh or Jehovah is salvation in times of trouble. They don't try to fight this battle on their own. And that's an important point for us to get. They, They call out to Joshua for help in times of trouble, and they don't try to fight the battle on their own. Listen, we face multiple enemies today from all sorts of different directions. Oh, that the people who are outside of covenant with God would recognize the need for our Joshua, Jesus, and would come into alignment with him. Oh, that the people of God would run to their Joshua, uh, their Jesus for salvation and for help in the time of need. Because he is a savior, but he's also a provider, and he's also a protector. Well, according to the law of the covenant, the great king is obligated to protect those that he's in covenant with. Joshua gets the, gets the email from the Gibeonites, and it's decision time. You see, they entered into covenant with them under false pretense because those people lied to us. Those people, they were deceptive. And oh, oh, now, now the enemy's coming against them. Oh, really? Oh, you calling out to us, right? Remember? Remember when too long ago you was lying to us about who you were and where you're from? How do we know you're not lying to us right now? Oh, and by the way, it's going to cost, it's going to take a whole lot of time. It's going to take a whole lot of resources. 
I could possibly lose some, some men. You know, maybe, maybe I ought to just sit this one out. Maybe there, was any, maybe there was some kind of discussion where they said, hey, hey, apparently God is uh, <clears throat> judging them for lying to us. Why bother? I mean, after all, what goes around comes around, right? Oh, I love it when I hear that. I love it. I love it when I hear it. I'm talking to some, some dudes. I mean, dudes. Dudes, oh, you know, uh, just by our office, I don't want to call anybody out. Uh, you know, and, and, and you know, if, you haven't been, if you've been to our office, you know, you know, it's all mechanics and body shop, and it's, it's like, it's like, it's a great, it's a wonderful neighborhood. Uh, you got, uh, you got, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, you got the, 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 you got the pit bull who roams up and down the street. That's always fun. And he never changes his expression. Of course, he doesn't have a tail to wag, so you never know if he's friend or foe. But he's the friendliest guy you know, but you don't know that when he looks at you. I'd be like, okay, man. I'm like, are you with me or for my enemies? Who are you? What's up, dog? What's up, dog? <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, so, <clears throat> and, and you know, uh, to my knowledge, none of them are followers of Christ, except the dude on the end who blasts praise music, and every time I go by, he goes, what's up, brother? Who's the king of the world? I'm like, Jesus, man. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Nice shirt, bro. Jesus wins. I love it. It's like, I walk by, and I'm like, yo, where's the Christian dude at, man? I just want to see him, you know? Uh and when they're having this conversation and somebody dogged out somebody and, you know, it's rough language and they, I don't know if they know I'm a pastor or not, but apparently it doesn't matter. And I'm cool with that too. And it's like, yeah, one of the guys goes, yeah, well, you know, man, he'll get his because what goes around comes around. I'm like, <laughs> does it really? I mean, are you sure? I don't know. Who, who's in charge of that, by the way? Uh, well, I have to ask us a question. And I ask myself this question first. How quick would you be to defend someone who has deceived you? An enemy. See, we're going to learn a lot about Joshua based on how he responds to this. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor, that is your fellow man, Amplified Bible says, and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love, that is, unselfishly seek the best or highest good for your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Let's close in prayer. (laughs) Ah, ah. That is easy to read when you don't have an enemy in your life. When you have an enemy in your life, that's that's a tough read. Jesus goes on and says, pray for those who persecute you. Here's why. So that you may show yourselves to be the children of your Father who is in heaven. Ooh, that's good. See, that makes no sense apart from the one who said it, who prayed for those who were crucifying him and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what... not what they do. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, you know what? It turns out you can learn a lot about me by how I treat my enemies. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but if you watch, those who are close to me get a bird's eye view. They can go, ooh, I see. Sure, you've forgiven her? 
course I have. <laughs> well, I wrote this down. God, the great King of Kings, has imposed a covenant on us. I use that word intentionally because it's a covenant term. You see, Israel, the great nation that's that's destroying all these other nations is the great nation. And Joshua is the great king, so to speak. And they impose a covenant on the Gibeonites. They allow them to enter into covenant with them versus destroying them. But our Joshua, Jesus, the king of kings, has imposed a covenant on us. And the one who can destroy us and say, you're sinful, you violate my laws, you don't, you don't respect me. You don't honor me. You violate all the Ten Commandments all the time. I could take you out, but I will instead impose a covenant upon you, and by my grace, I will allow you to be one with me. And we go, yes, yes, I'll take that. We're like the Gibeonites. We got no cards. That's a Las Vegas term. We got nothing to offer. We got, we're not going to make, make any, we're not adding anything to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who has everything everything and doesn't need us, but he allows us to enter into covenant. And like the Gibeonites, we don't deceptively enter into covenant with him, but we graciously accept the terms of his agreement and say, thank you, Lord. Can you say thank you, Lord, for the covenant that he has imposed upon us? His terms, we accept his terms because you can't go to God. Can you imagine the Gibeonites saying, hold on, hold on. Before we enter into this covenant, we got a few demands here. Like we want this and we want that. And Joshua would have been like, you know what? Deal over, baby. You know what? Listen, you're gonna get, it's going to go, not go well for you. You can't, people say, well, well, when I see God, I'm going to tell him my mind. No, you won't. Actually, you won't be saying anything, not a word, because everyone's going to know and so will you. Yeah. When Joshua entered into covenant with these people, he also recognized that it was his responsibility to protect and provide for them. So when they called, he was bound to go. And when Jesus entered into covenant with you, when he allows us to enter into covenant with him, it is his responsibility to protect and provide for his people. That's a word we need to hear today. That's a 2020 word. Look at verse 7. How is Joshua going to respond? We're about to find out, but you knew that was coming. So Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Uh, Not a man of them shall stand before you. Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched all night. Everybody say, all night. From Gilgal. So the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them along the road uh, that goes to Beth Haram, and struck them down as far as Azek and Makeda, verse 11. And it happened as they fled before Israel and were in the descent of Beth Haram that the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven on them as far as uh, Azekah, and they died 
there's some more, uh, there's some more who died from the, uh, there were more, I'm sorry, who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. Woo! Can you, what the, oh my goodness. Okay, here we go. All right. Joshua's faithfulness to his word paid dividends. He was rewarded for his faithfulness to his word. Okay, here's another faith point. It's our third one. Sometimes confirmation comes after we step out in what we know is right. Sometimes the confirmation comes after we step out in what we know is right. Oh, I'll take you back a uh, hundred years ago when uh, uh, I had, uh, uh, it was a Friday afternoon. I had packed up all my stuff at the office that I worked at and, uh, and I went home and I was in the ministry now. I had no clue what that meant. You know, I'm, I'm going to be a pastor. What? Am I sure? Anyway, I did it. And, uh, you know, people will say, are you sure, man? Are you sure you're supposed to do this? And I honestly answered a guy and I said, well, you know, I, 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 I feel like it's an open door. I feel like God's put it on my heart. I feel like I'm sort of doing it anyway, but I don't know. I think it's the right thing to do. I think it's the God thing to do. And, and um, I guess, you know what? If it doesn't work out, I'll just go be a missionary in Hong Kong. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Plan, I don't have a plan B as of this point. And so I packed up my stuff and, and I'm, I'm driving to get some, some food because I was going to kind of celebrate, you know, I'm going to grill a few steaks or whatever, right? And I'm in my car and I'm like, you know, first of my first mistake was not giving myself a month off <laughs> or at least two weeks to say, you know what, ho, ho, ho. you know, I quit work Friday and showed up on Sunday and it was on and cracking. It has been ever since <laughs> it has been right now, man, give me a few weeks to decompress. Oh no, let's get going anyway. So I'm driving and my radio's off. I'm just driving and I'm just musing and thinking and praying and whatever and and the Holy Spirit whispers to my heart and says, turn the radio on. And I'm like, I had actually heard that before where the Holy Spirit said, there's a song you need to hear right now. And I'm like, boom. And it was like, no way. It, it, I don't have time to explain all that, but it was incredible. So I'm like, turn the radio on. And I go, okay. And I turn the radio on. And the next words was Chuck Swindoll was doing a teaching. I can't tell you what the context was, but this is what he said. Some of you are ready for a promotion right now. And there are those people who are telling you you're not ready. God is the one who makes you ready. And I went, confirmation. <laughs> Could you have given me that before, God? <laughs> you know, just to kind of ease my sleep at night? Oh, no, no, no. Because sometimes you don't get confirmation until after you step out into what you know is right. So you can't always wait for the feelings. Because sometimes, you know, we want, we want, to, we want to feel something. And, and we don't always feel that. But we step out into what we know is right. And, 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 and then we then we, the feelings catch up to that, right? So often that's what happens. Anyway, because it's not about feelings, but God speaks through feelings. Don't get it twisted. Like, oh, no, it's not supposed to feel. We're supposed to know. Well, you don't always know, bro. Joshua, is, his faithfulness is rewarded. Okay, God says, I've delivered them into your hand. Warren Wiersbe says this. It's our fourth faith point. I love this quote. He says, 
whenever we believe the promises of God and obey the commands of God, we act by faith and expect God's help. God says, not a man of them shall stand before you. And so Joshua marches all night to the battle. All night. Um, It's a long journey from Gilgal to Gibeon. And it's all uphill. He marshals the entire army. Let's roll. Where are we going? We're going to uh, 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 Gibeon. All right, let's do it. When are we leaving? Right now. Oh, come on, man. It's like six in the... No, I haven't even had my... my, my matzo soup yet, <laughs> whatever, I don't know. Oh, okay, they moved as quickly as possible, and I'm, I'm presuming that they must have been exhausted when they got there. They've been marching all night. What kept them going? Very simply, the word of the Lord. That's what kept them going, the word of the Lord. After they make this decision and they show up, God does the miraculous. God sends hailstorms. You ever been in a hailstorm? Hailstone storm, a hailstorm? Yeah. You ever been in one where you actually pulled off on the side of the road? And then have you ever been in one where you actually knew, I better get some cover before my car gets destroyed? We were in Colorado and, you know, we were in Boulder We'd gone there for a conference, and, um, and, uh, and you know, was, the weather just changes like this. And, I mean, all of a sudden, it starts hailing, and, I mean, it's like pounding. I'm like, oh, no. Okay, we need to find some cover. And these were like little, you know, these were like, weren't like, you know, these were little things. God sends hail from heaven that destroys their enemy and, and, and their and it's a miracle. And you know what the other miracle is? Is that the hail only falls on the enemy. Like Israel's going, um, don't get too close to that. No, no, it's cool, man. Watch. <laughs> oh, I mean, could you imagine seeing that? Hail from heaven. Boom. Run for your lives. No, 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 no. No, we're good. We're good. It's only falling on them. What? <laughs> Can I tell you that God does that sometimes? Do you remember the plagues uh, levied against the Egyptians? There was a point in time where the plagues, God said, okay, first I'm going to do it over the whole land. Now I'm going to get specific. And I'm only going to levy it against the Egyptians. Uh, it's a miracle. See, the Canaanites believed that their god, Baal, was the, the, the prince lord of the earth, that he was the lord of the rain and the dew. And so what does God do? God takes direct aim at one of their gods and says he is, has no control over the rain and the dew. I'm the lord of the heaven, heavens and the earth and I tell it when to rain, and I tell it when not to rain. 
Because sometimes God takes direct aim at the gods that people worship. King uh, Elijah tells King Ahab, no rain. And it, we're told for three and a half years it didn't rain because they were worshiping Baal, the God of the heavens. And, oh, you want to worship the God of, of the rain? No rain for you. Until God told Elijah to pray. And then it rained. God does that sometimes to a nation. He shows that nation who's God. It makes me wonder all the things that we see crumbling around us in our own nation. Oh, the economy is your God? Oh, we can take that in a minute. Oh, sports are your God? We can completely remove that. It just makes me wonder. I'm not presuming that that's, I'm just saying. Anyway, it's interesting. Verse 12, let's keep, let's keep going. Are we okay so far? Do I need to go back and, and review anything? We're good? Okay, online, you got anything? Let me know if you want me to go back. Verse 12 says, Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel and said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Ihalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still. Okay, are you with me on this? You're not, just, you're not just reading this going, so the sun stood still. Okay, are you like a little bit amazed? You've probably read this before, as I have. But it, So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. And there has been no day like that before it or after it that the Lord heeded the voice of man for the Lord fought for Israel. Verse 15, then Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. Okay, woo! Okay, this event is questioned by those who deny the reality of miracles and look only to science for truth. It's just not possible for that to happen. Okay. Uh, uh, God, via, God reserves the right to violate the natural laws that he created at any time. And by the way, uh, uh, he does it quite frequently. A quick perusal of the Bible, one of the plagues against Egypt was what? Three days of darkness. 2 Kings 20.11 uh, said the sundial went back 10 degrees. Amos chapter 8 verse 9 says the sun went down at noon and the earth was dark when Israel fell to Babylon. Amos chapter 8 verse 9. Luke chapter 23 44 says when Christ was on the cross there was three hours of darkness. And it just seems to me that every once in a while God shows people his power by violating the natural laws of the universe that he created. Matthew chapter 24, verse 29 tells us, tighten your seatbelt, you're about to see some stuff. 
Jesus says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Woo! That is yet to come. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. How do you explain a miracle in natural terms? How do you explain it? A pastor friend of mine, we're having a conversation about dreams and visions. He goes, oh, I don't believe that God speaks to us in dreams because we have the Word of God and that's all we need. I said, brother, my wife got healed in a dream. And he went, uh-huh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, believe what you want. I disagree. How do you explain something that is supernatural? Jeremiah 32, 17 gives us a baseline. Jeremiah says, O Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Luke chapter 1, verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel when he finds out that his wife is going to have a child, he's like, okay, that's not possible. Okay, we've been working at this for a long time. It ain't going to happen. My wife is barren. And when you read that in the Bible, it means she's unable to have children. And this was the baseline for that. Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. What's he saying? He's saying, You don't understand. I stand in his presence. This ain't no problem for him. This is easy. God is not bound by the natural laws of the creation that he created. Remember Jesus walking on water? <laughs> Matthew eleven four. this is what you go and tell John the Baptist when, they, when John asked, is this the Messiah? Jesus told them, go back to tell John and tell him uh, what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, uh, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is bring preached to the poor. Since um, verse 13b, the second part of verse 13 and verse 15, are in what's called a poetic form in the Hebrew. And it quotes from a relatively unknown book, which is also quoted in 2 Samuel chapter 18, the book of Jasher. We don't know anything about that book, but it is referenced. Some interpret this symbolically, and they say, well, see, what really happened is, is that the Israelites... Uh, uh, God so strengthened them that what they were able to do in one day what normally takes two days. Oh, gosh, really? Really? It's like the, it's like the, the, the gentleman that I spoke with years ago, a brilliant lawyer, brilliant, brilliant, Jewish, uh, and I say that for a reason, uh, 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 who, who we were having a conversation about Jesus. And, and I, I, I said, so you tell me what happened. First of all, where's the body? But how did, how, how did, that, how did 
how did the crucif wh where's the body? How did, how, what's your explanation, your plausible explanation for what happened when Jesus was crucified and put in the tomb? He goes, well, I believe that when he was placed in the tomb, he really wasn't dead. And the Romans didn't know how to kill someone. <laughs> and I, brilliant trot lawyer, and I, I just, I just, I, I couldn't help but see him just for a moment sort of chuckle at the ridiculousness of what he had just said. But he had no answer. Who knows? Maybe the Lord will touch his heart. Because if God doesn't open up your mind, to the revelation and the truth of who Jesus is, you think things like that. And you believe things that are not plausible. Mm. <clears throat> Why bother trying to explain the unexplainable? Why bother? Well, Warren Worsby said this, either we believe in a God who can do anything or we must accept a Christian faith that's non-miraculous and that God does away with inspiration of the Bible, the virgin birth, and the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Certainly, there is room for honest questions about the nature of the miraculous, but for the humble Christian believer, there's never room for questioning the reality of the miraculous. C.S. Lewis wrote, The mind which asked for a non-miraculous Christianity is a mind in process of relapsing from Christianity into mere religion. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, Peter and John <coughs> have just given an amazing sermon to the religious leaders of their day. It says, And they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Verse 14, And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against us. It turns out, folks, that miracles are all around us. And I, I just want to very quickly, and we're almost done, but I want to, I want to reference again this... this um, this text message that I got last night, having chest pain, going to the hospital right now, pray. Brother David, can I beg you to please come up and, and just share with us just a little bit, uh, if you would. Would that be okay? Yeah? You can stay down there and make your way up here if you like. Okay, you'll feel taller if you come up here. I, I just, I, this is unrehearsed because I thought I should tell him beforehand, but you know how we do it. We like, to, we like the shock factor. And, and so, um, <clears throat> he, this is the man who sent me the text message, and I called him immediately, and I prayed, and I'm like, he's gasping for air, I'm surprised he answered the phone, and he's like, oh, oh, brother, just pray, just pray, so I'm praying, and I'm like, God, and I prayed, and, and prayed, and and, and he goes, okay, okay. And I, I just felt bad that he was talking. It's like, save your energy. Don't talk to me. And, and I hang up, and he lives five minutes from me. And I just thought, no, I'm going over there. No way. There's no way. And, um, and I get there. I'm thinking I'm going to see a paramedic, you know, uh, ambulance leaving when I get there. And that's okay. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, so, you know, rushed over there and, the door was open, and I knocked on the door, walked in. And all I can tell you is, 
you may not know this, when I, when I walked in the door, I just felt this, because I've been in these situations before, and I'm like, oh, no, man, what, what are you, you going to run into? Are they going to be wheeling them out? Is it going to be cold? I don't even know. And I'm a little bit, whew, I'm a little bit, okay, God, you're with me. I'm going to just go. And I, and I walk in the door, and I get hit with this avalanche of peace. And I'm just like, oh, and his wife, Debbie, is there. She's like, oh, hey, Pastor Richie. And I'm like, you know, and, and mom, mom is there. And she's like, oh, hi. And I'm like, okay, and am I at the right house here? What's going on? How's it? Uh, uh, and they're just, they're just like, you know what? God's in control. And we're just, we're just you know, you know, God's going to do something. We don't know what it is. And I'm like, whoa. And, and, and so he's upstairs with the paramedics, and they're talking. And I hear him talking. But I'll let you kind of share how that went. The paramedics came uh, uh, pretty quick. Um, the, the onset was happening pretty quick. I'm a former paramedic. I know all the, the symptoms, so I was the worst patient. <laughs> and, um, and I helped my brother go to the hospital and, and get a bypass or a stent because he was having the exact same situation. Sudden onset, uh, uh, chest pain, horse sitting on your chest and everything and um so debbie came up to me and um and luke was there my protector my son and and um she stood over me and and then she she put her hand on my chest and this is when i was about at about a six and a half on the pain threshold um and she said uh, you will live and not die and she said heart be healed in Jesus' name. And then she went down to be with mom. And um, and I already told them I loved them and everything. You just never know. <laughs> so, so, but my wife said that the, the paramedics came and they hooked me up and after Debbie had prayed and he said, um, uh, your, your heart looks perfect. Looks perfect. Everything, all your vital signs look perfect. Well, I'm still getting worse and worse and worse and worse, and now it's critical. And so they hooked me up again, and um, I think it's about the time you walked into to the house, and uh, and they hooked me up again to say, "Well, we got to look at this guy again." And um, now my heart was more perfect, and so I'm. They, but the pain was increasing. Now I'm at a 10 plus. The horse is on my chest. And and I'm sitting there. And then as fast as... Oh, hold this loosely. Just hold it. <laughs> Ready? I was symptom free. As fast as that, all of a sudden I said... I feel wonderful. I feel good. You know, you guys did good. I feel good. And they said, Mr. Witt, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, so praise the Lord what, what he did. He answered. He responds. Listen, listen to the word. Believe what you pray. And pray what you believe. And let God do the rest. Because okay, I really believe I am healed. I know I am healed. 
And, and Mom and, and Debbie uh, knew that. I knew that you all were praying downstairs. And that was the second time I'm piecing together the timeline. That's when I, I, I sat up on the bed and, and told the paramedics. They, they had just hooked me up again. And I said, I'm good. I feel wonderful. And then you came up. Bless the Lord. Believe the Lord, folks. Nothing, nothing is impossible. How do you explain that <clears throat> other than just to explain it the way it happened? I wanted my brother to share that. He, he uh, told me, he said, well, I'll be at church tomorrow. I said, okay. <laughs> so he's got a bunch of miracles, though. So if you want to hear more, just tell him to share some of his favorites. Um, anyway, um, miracles are all around us if we'll, if we'll look, if we'll ask if we'll believe, and if we'll trust God to do what God is going to do. Sometimes we don't know what that is, but we ask and we believe. So the five kings as this, <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the hail has, you know, fell, the, the, the day has been stopped, and these five kings are, you know, they escape into a cave, and Joshua says, put a large stone in front of that cave. We'll get back to these guys later because there's something that he wants to, there's something he wants to do. He, he's got some more cleaning up to do, so to speak, and he wants to perform a pretty important public ceremony with his military leaders. So before he, as they make their way back to these kings and they remove the stones that were put in place, he, he does something and and, and this may sound very violent, but it's a violent time in the Word of God. It just is. And these are extreme enemies. Um, he, before he executes the kings, he, he calls his captains to come forward and put their feet on their necks. And it's a symbol of dominance and the complete victory of the Lord. And then they execute them because that's what... And we read that and go, oh, how cruel. You don't understand. This is, and I'm not saying that intellectually. I'm saying this is brutal warfare, and they have to do this. And, and, and we'll talk more about that throughout the book. Okay, verse 25, he says this to his men. He says, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage. For thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. Now, Psalm chapter 2 um, is an amazing psalm, psalm about the, the, the ministry of the Messiah when he comes and the resistance that will happen when he comes and even before his second coming, if you want to protract that out. And it says this, Psalm chapter 2, David says, Why do the nations rage? And the people plot a vain thing. What are, the, what are the nations so angry about? What are they plotting and, and scheming against? And he says, verse 2, The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, that is the Messiah, Jesus, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces, and cast away their cords from us. 
How does God respond to the nations that are enraged, that are taking aim against the Lord and His anointed? Thousands of years ago, this was written, and it's no different today, and it's going to be worse, especially as we see the return of Christ, where the nations literally gather to battle the Lord, and Jesus returns, and He, and he, he opens His mouth and destroys the armies of the earth. What's God's response to these nations and, and, and these, this league that has come against Him? You ready for this? Verse 4, He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. That's His response. Laughter. Not in a mocking way, but the, the creation shaking its fist at the Creator and saying, we're going to bring you down. And it's just laughter. Heaven just goes, oh boy, there they go again. It's laughter. I don't mean to make light of it, but that's God's response. If you want to read the Acts chapter 4, Peter and John quote this in their conversation with the religious leaders. Well, in the same way, Jesus, our Joshua, has defeated all his enemies And one day he'll return and destroy them forever. Our Lord's enemies are only the footstool at his feet, according to Psalm 110. And through him, we claim victory. Through him, we claim victory. And we put our feet on the necks of our enemies. It says in Romans 16, 20, And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Now that doesn't mean that we can tell God what to do. Although Joshua did that. That was Joshua. Uh, That doesn't mean that there are hard times and hard places and hard faces and, and we have a funeral this Thursday at 5 o'clock for our brother Roy, and on the paper, it looks like a defeat. But in essence, it's a victory, because he's gone on to be with his Lord and Savior Jesus, and death has already been defeated, and he is in that place of no more in Revelation, no more pain and no more heartache and no more crying and no more tears, because if you knew Roy, you knew that, that he had a, ooh, man, he was... He was, his health was just deteriorating, but he has gone on to glory. Two final things. One is that this coalition of kings comes against Joshua, and here's what God does. He flips it, because rather than having to go and defeat all of them individually, he gets to do it all at one time. <laughs> Uh, so he, they, they actually made it easier for him with the help of the Lord. Some significant hailstorm and holding back the sun or however that miracle happened. I wrote this down. We can be confident 2020 problems are no more difficult for God than those of 600 B.C. Let me say it again because we need to hear it. I need to hear it. We can be confident that 2020 problems How many of you are thinking, "Oh, I can't wait for 2021." 
I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's no indication that 2021 will be any better on planet Earth. It could be worse. But my hope isn't in flipping the calendar. This is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice in it this day. Amen. 2020 problems are no more difficult for God than those of 600 B.C. Here's an interesting thing to close with. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27. God's answer to Jeremiah, his question, you know, Lord, is there anything too difficult, too hard for you? God answers. And he says, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And here's the interesting, the, the, the Hebrew word that is used for hard. Are you ready for this? Here's what it means. Marvelous, to be marvelous, wonderful, surpassing, extraordinary, separate by distinguishing action. God says, is there, we say, oh Lord, is there anything too hard for you? The Lord says, nothing is so marvelous for me. (laughs) Uh, Here's your fifth faith point. God delights in transforming the hard things of life into wonderful works of God. Can you say amen to that? Woo, it don't mean they're not hard, but we cling to God's promises and his faithfulness to be work to work it all together and to work it out somehow brother roy's issues we prayed for healing we prayed for strength we prayed for him to have endurance we prayed for him to 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 be able to 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 just stand up straight you know what he's more alive now than he ever was before and we say amen to that let's all stand together go tell someone the good news this week today go tell someone someone who's hurting this is You have been divinely appointed to be here for such a time as this. The world needs to hear the message of hope. They need to hear that there's more beyond what we can see with our eyes. They need to know that God, there's a God in heaven who is able, who is able. And we trust in that in the the midst of some hard stuff that God says, oh, it's wonderful. Jesus, thank you for your words to us. And and Lord, I pray for, for anyone who might be listening online, Lord, that if, 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 that, that, it, that if they do not know you personally, uh, and, and the thing about that is that when we know you, Lord, we know that we know you. It's like when you're in love. When you're in love, you know you're in love. Nobody needs to convince you of that. You know it. Lord, that, that they would settle that issue today with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and God, that you would, would, would uh, open up hearts and minds. And that that person, that young man, that young woman, maybe that's listening right now, would say, would say, Lord, I need you. Would say, Jesus, I, I come into my life. That your, your heart, that, that your whole life has been a series of decisions and events to bring you to this point that you might surrender your need to Jesus. Not a religious exercise, but a belief that there is a God who still does miracles and I want to be one of his miracles for his glory and for his great name. And so, Father, may we, your people, um, practice these things and may you give us strength uh, in these days and we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. God bless.